Let's talk about tonight's Blue Jays win. And we've opened the phone lines. The numbers are 416-870-0590, star 591, triple eight, triple six, zero five ninety. I kind of got the discussion going a little bit by asking you whether or not you think the Jays should entertain the possibility of bringing Steven Matz back. All we've talked about is Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, Marcus Semyon, Marcus Semyon. Uh, pitchers' wins don't mean as much as we used to think they meant. The fact of the matter is Steven Matz. Uh, is the Jays winning his pitcher right now? So, Kevin, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. We've got to talk about Jordan Romano, though, clearly out of the gate. Five outs for the save. Now, the first inning of relief for Jordan Romano, Kevin, 18 pitches thrown, 12 sliders. Second pitch of the uh, second inning of work, 13 pitches thrown, 11 fastballs. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, well, I think it's the the part of the order that he was facing. He he's faced the Orioles a lot. He's went multiple innings against the Orioles. You know, when you're facing the meat of the order, the, the Orioles give you some quality at bats right there in the middle of that, and that's that's basically what they got there. Just gonna jump in here. Wander Franco's just driven in two runs. It is four one for the Yankees or four one for Tampa over the Yankees. Sorry, Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, of course, of course it is. How about, those raise have it, have about those Come on, raise? How about those raise? Raise up, everybody in Toronto. Raise up. Come well, on, you raise knew, up. Well, you knew they weren't going to quit. I mean, they're, they're, they're 20 through 25 is better than most 20 through 25. So you, you knew you knew they were going to go out there and try and beat the Yankees. But it's – look, I, I just think for me the, the slider tonight from Jordan Romano didn't really look like a slider. We were talking about that mm-hmm. when he was throwing them. He was getting on top of it a little bit more. It looked more like a breaking ball. It, you know, it had more 12-6 break than it had a, a slider break. He threw a couple of sliders that looked like cutters. Uh, you know, for me, this this bullpen, this pitching staff, I think whenever they're in the bullpen, they got good feel of a pitch, you're going to see that pitch in the game, and, and that basically what it came came down to. And we've noticed, you know, he's got sore arm here down the stretch a little bit. He's he's uh, not having the high velocity that norm, normally has. Now, that last pitch he threw there was 100 miles an hour, so, you know, you like to have that in your back pocket. But, you know, sometimes you need ugly wins down the stretch to get you where you want, want to go, and – they got the job done. That's all that matters. Tim Mesa was warming up uh, in in the bullpen as uh, as Jordan Roma- Jordan Romano finished the game. Stephen Matz uh, gave the Blue Jays another another tremendous start. And you know we talked we made a point yesterday about Robbie Ray and did you know did Robbie Ray did Robbie Ray deserve to get the chance to go out there in that that last inning of work? Uh, Stephen Matz to me tonight, I, I think he did. I think Charlie played it bang on. Um, yeah, and let's face it, it's the Baltimore Orioles as well. But you know, look, that Adam Simber gives up that uh, Adam Simber gives up that home run, and it completely throws everything into uh, out of whack for Charlie. He goes to Romano right away. You know, again, I think we looked at it and we were saying, okay, what are his options? Well, you know, Trevor Richards, who didn't get up all night, he wasn't he wasn't available. We didn't know about Tim Mesa, but you know, Bark, this is <laughs> for Jordan Romano. This year, he, it's the second time. It's the third time he's gotten five outs. He's had another save of six, of, of two innings. So he's had a two-inning save against Baltimore on June 19th, an inning and a third against Baltimore on June 25th, and then um, two innings against Detroit. So sorry, his, this is his second two-inning. Or no, the two-inning save was against Detroit. Uh, you know, 
you saw that, and as I said, you saw Tim Mesa warming up. I'll just ask you right now, what do you do tomorrow? Jordan Romano can't throw tomorrow. Yeah, probably not. So I, I would assume it'd be Tim Mesa. He's for me, he's earned the right to to pitch in the highest leverage situations. I, I would think you'd throw in Trevor Richards there. Uh, you, you know, you're hoping your starter goes a little deeper. Uh, and uh, let's not forget, you, you hope that the lineup has some, uh, a few better at bats at mm. the top end of that thing. You know, it's it's one thing to have the Danny Jansons and the Corey Dickersons and and the Kevin Biggios. Which Kevin Biggio had some nice at bats. He, he got some good pitches to hit. What was his pitch? And when he got him, he didn't miss it. But you know, the George Springers and and Vladdy, which. Blatty for me now is just looks like he doesn't have any whip to his barrel. Like you, you can see, you know, when he was really good most of the season, if not all of the season, here down the stretch, it just doesn't look that like that last little bit of his barrel is whipping. Like he'll he'll get the foot down in an athletic position, he rotates his hips, and then he has that like little late whack. He just for whatever reason doesn't seem to have that, and you know he looks like he's pressing a little bit. He, he's chasing because of that, and they they just need these guys. They 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 need those guys to take pressure off of Charlie. That, that, that's the one guy. You can see Charlie when the camera's panned over to him. He He's just scratching his head, pulling his hair out, and think, thinking about, you know, if, if Jordan Romano doesn't work, who are we going to? And this, the, the easy fix of that is the lineup to step up and score, you know, seven, eight, nine runs. Well, I'll tell you, you mentioned Vladdy Jr., and there was a camera shot of Vladdy in the dugout, and he had something around his midriff. midriff. It, was a, it was like a black belt that had a little – I don't know what the hell it was on it. But I noticed this. It was a very quick camera shot and with a little bit of investigative reporting. Uh, apparently, it is, a, it, is, it is a back warmer. I can't put it any other way. It's, yep. uh, it, it's a warming belt that you wear when you have a lower back issue was how it was described to me. Yep. So maybe that explains why uh, Charlie Montoya wanted him off his feet today and DH'd him. Maybe that explains why, you know, just not getting the rotation we've seen. I mean, we don't know. Again, I always tell people, you know, remember, the Jays know they've got much better medical information than we do. But we kind of thought, and Ben Wagner kind of thought, that Vladdy just just didn't look right for the, in, the, in the past three or four games. Just didn't look right. Yeah, and looked, maybe well, this is one of those things. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it has something to do with it. Well, they, they actually told you – with not playing him at first base, that something's up. You know, it, it, I, I joked around today when we were uh, on our show, and I said, it, there's three days left. Why, why are you giving Flatty a half a day off? He can rest when the season's over. And then, you you know, your keen eye saw that little belt wrapped around his waist, and, and we did some investigating and come to find out it was that warmer for, for his lower back. Well, and, you know, and when you're – Bark, when you're old. When you're old, you know about warm backs. Like, I mean, I you know, I, I want to – I, I looked at it because I thought, boy, if that's what it is, I want to go get me one of those because, you know, I'm old now. And when I do my 5K uh, <laughs> run slash walk, you know, I sometimes yeah. I need to loosen up the old the old back a bit. So I might yeah, run and, out and get one. Yeah, and, you know, it, I, I've always wondered here down the stretch why Vladdy looked like he's, he's trying to f- force – Bat speed, and and that would you know add up to why he's chasing, expanding a little bit. You saw him with the two zero pitch that he flew out to to short left left center field. That ball was like I don't know a foot and a half in off the plate. It's it's sort of becoming a theme here on on why he continues to swing at that pitch, and maybe that has something to do with it. That it just every, everything's not feeling right. When everything's not feeling right, you just don't feel that last little whack, that little whip that you have at the end of your at the end of your swing to get to your big finish which is exactly what he likes to do and 
you know, ho- hopefully they can correct that and correct it in a hurry, and, and he can have better games. The Jays win 6-4 tonight. The Tampa Bay Rays are two outs away from a 4-1 win over the New York Yankees. Boston is on the verge of putting away the Washington Nationals for the Blue Jays. Steven Matt, seven innings, six hits. He gets the win. He's 14-7. and seven. Jordan Romano, 23 saves. We have to talk, Kevin, about Corey Dickerson, Santiago Espinal, Danny Jansen, Kevin Biggio. 12 hits for the Blue Jays tonight. Nine. Nine out of the bottom four spots in the order. Of course, Corey Dickerson with the home run. Danny Jansen with the home run. We mentioned Kevin Biggio, three for four. We were wondering about Kevin Biggio starting at uh, at first base tonight. Charlie Montoyo basically, well, essentially he... He said he isn't going to see a lot of velocity from Tom Tommy Eshelman, so that's one reason to get him in there. But Kevin, that uh, look we talked about Danny Jansen in the September he's having, the September slash October he's having. Santiago Espinal, Corey Dickerson's been a useful guy. You're right, the Jays won that game six four. They did not get a whole hell of a lot of help out of the out of the the big boys out of the Thumpers. Yeah, they really got nothing from the thumpers. And, you know, back to your point about Kevin Bishio, he still has that little bend at the at the upper part of his body, which creates that big, giant uppercut that he has. But you notice the, the three hits that he had. It was a 3-1 three, three sinker down. It was an 0-1 sinker down. It was a 1-1 split finger down. You know, you tip your hat when he got it. I, I've said this to you till I'm blue in the face, that it's it's about not swinging at a pitch that's not your pitch and getting a pitch that is. And that's exactly what he did there. Tonight, he, he's, he was playing good uh, defense at first base. He made a couple of nice picks. He, he came off the bag that one time on an Espinal throw and, and made a tag. That that little pot fly down the right field line, that's not his fault. That's mm-hmm. the Oscars' fault. you got to run in there, be aggressive. You know a guy doesn't play first base a whole a whole, a whole lot. you got to be aggressive. Come in there yelling and screaming, say, I got it, I got it, I got it. And It's just one of those things where when you don't make plays like that, that adds a little bit more pressure to your starting pitcher. And obviously, Steven Matz is really good, and the changeup is working, the arm speed, the location, and all those things. But it's just little things like that. But Kevin Biggio, look, even on the the, the – the ground ball that he scored on from second base, you run with your head up. That is base running 101. It sounds so simple, but he's running with his head up. He he's watching the play. And when you see that that long base hit to to right center or to right field, when the second baseman, you know, where they're playing in the shift and all those things, and he catches the ball so deep in that hole, it's real easy. If you're running with your head up, you have halfway decent speed, and you cut good corners around the bases, you you can make good things happen. And Tip your hat to Kevin Biggio. The Yankees got a little something going on here. It is now 4-2. They've got two men on. Joey Gallo, with the shift, bunted in a run from second base. Giancarlo Stanton. It is now 4-2 for Tampa Bay over the Yankees. Joey Gallo's on second. And uh, maybe it was actually Joe Urshela did that. And looking at the Red Sox Nationals, two out. And as I mentioned, the Nationals are about another pitch away from uh, from losing this game. So, uh, mixed blessings on the scoreboard if you are a Jays fan. David in Newmarket. Yes, it is uh, awesome to be able to work from game one to game uh, 180 and join this uh, September run that we're actually having, regardless of whatever happened. It's nice to have some exciting September baseball. It is. It's October, nice. but I get your point, too. <laughs> Hmm. Yes, it is. Um, the bottom half of the lineup tonight, uh, they fill in for the top half who wasn't having a great, wonderful night. It's good to actually see. 
let me ask you this. You know, we've talked a lot about about Robbie Ray and Marcus Semyon. Of course, they're two free agents. But based on what you've seen from Stephen Matz, would you do you think the Blue Jays have to that they ought to really start thinking about Stephen Matz here for next season? I mean, if you get if you if you got to look, I don't know if you're going to get Robbie Ray, but if you've got Jose Barrios. Alec Manoa, Steven Matz, Hyunjin Ryu can be your fourth or fifth guy, probably your fourth guy, maybe go out and add another starting pitcher. I mean, I would take that. Yes, it is definitely looking possible. Uh, Steven Matz has pitched uh, pitched very well over the last few games that he's pitched. He's looking very well. Um, we'd definitely be able to have Robbie Ray would be a nice thing. But if we don't, I would like to have Marcus Simeon. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate the call, yeah. David. I mean, I think most Jays fans would like, would like one of the two. Um, Juan Soto's just just gone on base, by the way. So the tying run will come to bat for the Nats with two out in the ninth inning. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. We'll take a break and go back to the phone lines. You're listening to the Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. He has the patience of a saint at the plate and the discipline of a monk all wrapped into one. Kevin Biggio and the Toronto Blue Jays play here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, the Blue Jays beating the Baltimore Orioles 6-4 to tonight, keeping their wild card hopes alive while they weren't going to be eliminated tonight. Anyhow, uh, on the out-of-town scoreboard, Tampa Bay is leading the Yankees 4-3 now. The Yankees have two on, one out. Gary Sanchez at the plate, Andrew Kittredge on the mound for the Rays. And uh, as we mentioned before, the Boston Red Sox are leading the Washington Nationals 4-2. And uh, two out in that game. So we will keep you abreast of uh, all the results as they come in from that town scoreboard. The Nationals now have two on. And uh, the, t- the winning run will come to the plate in the bottom of the ninth for the Washington Nationals. The Nationals had the bases loaded earlier in this game and couldn't cash in a run. If you thought the Baltimore Orioles lineup wasn't very good, you should see the poop that the Washington Nationals <laughs> ran out there tonight. I, seriously, if, if the Red Sox lose this, there ought, to be, there ought to be some sort of inquisition. Gary Sanchez just struck out. It's two out now. Mm. And uh, the Rays are leading 4-3 with two on again Andrew Kittredge in to close for the race and uh Kevin Cash as we said is playing this um he's, he's, he's managing it like he wants to win this thing is and keep his team in a roll 416-870-0590 star 590 1-888-666-0590 let's talk a little more about Steven Matz Kevin because this guy really did I think kind of kind of sneak up on us this year he came over from the Mets and let's face it, the concern about Steven Matz was uh, he did not always, uh, he didn't impress the folks in New York with the Mets as being particularly mentally tough. I mean, I can't say it anymore. They talked about how he, he'd have issues on the mound. We saw it. We've seen it a couple of times. You know, if you're a reader of body language, um, you could pretty much get a PhD just watching Steven Matz <laughs> over the course of a regular season. But man, but again, again, Bark, the numbers don't lie. He's pitching in the American League East. He's pitching well. He's he's in control. The team plays well behind him. Yeah, well, I think getting away from New York has helped huge. Uh, getting around Pete Walker is, you know, he's second to none in my in my mind. And, and 
pitching coaches in all of baseball. You know, he's less rotational on the mound. He had a little Robbie Ray in him when he was in New York with showing the pocket, showing the number. Now he's gotten away with that. He's more square to the plate. He, he can have better finish because of that. It's repeatable, which is a big deal. He, he's better at locating in to righties. He, he has that good arm speed, that good sink on the changeup away. He can occasionally steal a strike and even counts with the breaking ball. He's got three good pitches when, when all three of them are working, which is rare. You know, it, it, like tonight, his changeup was good. Uh, his his sinker was decent. His curveball was just good enough. So, you know, it, it was just one of those outings where you get him a little bit of lead. He can attack the strike zone, and, and he can get you out. The uh, game in Washington is over. The Red Sox have won 4-2. They will stay ahead of the Blue Jays. We mentioned in the Bronx, 4-3 Tampa Bay Yankees, two out, two on. They've got a bit of a rally going here against Andrew Kittredge. Rugnit Odor is at the plate. No. Elevate the heater. He wouldn't, would he? No, elevate the heater, middle he of the wouldn't. Way. It's real simple. I'll tell you if he does. You, you'll tell if he does what, you know, I'll just slam my head against the, uh, slam my head against the wall here. Sylvester and Kaladin, you're on Jay's talk. You want to talk about Robbie Ray and Steven Matz, which is why I brought you on. Yes, sir. How are you guys doing tonight? We are Good, doing thank well. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Steven is the best bet to go because he has room for improvement. Robbie Ray is what, is what he is, and that's what he's going to be. And I think Steven is the one that we should invest in because he's going to go forward from here, you know? So I well, think Stephen is the better choice for the Jays. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this, and thanks for the call. You know, Stephen Matz made made $5.2 million this year. And, I, yeah, he's he's like 1.9 war. I mean, I, I don't know what Steve, what it would take to keep Stephen Matz here. I mean, if you wanted to bring him back, would you give him a couple of years at $9 million a year? I would. See, I, like I, would. I, I I would, too. Yeah, you know what you know what Stephen Matz does for me keeps Thomas the Hatches and the uh, Ross Striplings and the Anthony Kays from not pitching in, in your rotation when it matters and and when it matters is the first game of the season that that's the whole thing with me I like Stephen Matz I like what he brings I like the command end to righties he's not afraid to pitch in and reinventing yourself in the American League is not the easiest thing and he's done it and he's cheaper I like well, it yeah. Uh, apparently, Jordan Romano, in his um, media availability post game, says that he's fine and that he's good to go for tomorrow. Ooh! So we had uh, because we had some concerns that you know, the manager came out. And by the way, Andrew Kittredge, see Rugnador four three for the Rays over the Yankees. So that game is in the books uh, right now. Uh, Charlie Montoyo, unprovoked let the world know that his closer was a little sore uh, a couple of days ago. And, look, when he came out and started on slider, 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 we're going, oh, this doesn't look right. But uh, there you go. Jordan Romano, at least, says he's good to go uh, if they need him. And, yeah. hope, maybe, frankly, hopefully they do. Maybe he's grown in, in his ability to, to adapt and use what he's got, and today he had the slider. He used it. Again, I I, th- I think it morphed into a little bit more of a 12-6 breaking ball. He had a little bit of a cutter to it, which that'll give you three different looks at a slider. Mm-hmm. And and if you can do those kind of things and, and be confident enough when it matters, and these matter, even though it's the Orioles, all of these games are high-pressure situations. you got 30,000 people yelling and screaming for you to get a couple outs. It's not the easiest thing always to do, and 
You just you know he doesn't have his his great velocity. We can tell that he he touched a hundred, but it was one time. When he's really good and and everything's a hundred percent, and he's got the good finish, and he can repeat his delivery, and and everything's in sync, and he's staying over the rubber. It's consistently ninety nine a hundred. But this is good that he can go out there, and and when he doesn't have that hundred all the time, he can flip those three different sliders and get a lot of people out. So as we stand right now with the results tonight, the Yankees are a game and a half up. Boston holds down the second wild card. Seattle is half a game behind them. They're in, uh, they're, I think they're at home to play the Los Angeles Angels, the Vanheim. The Blue Jays are a game back. Of course, uh, everybody has two games left to play. Tomorrow's game will be a 3.07 first pitch on Sportsnet 590. The fan, we will be on with an hour pregame show. We will be on after the game as well. Sunday, all the games are starting at 3.07 Eastern. So that's just something Major League Baseball has done that prevents any team from well, essentially all the games are going to start at the same time. So with you know with a couple of playoff positions in 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 the balance, I mean, nobody's going to have the edge over anybody else in terms of being able to see a result before anybody else. So we will be on the air with a two-hour pregame show from one to three, and then wrap it up with uh, Jay's talk immediately following that game. So as we sit here right now, the Jays, as we mentioned, a game back, uh, Boston. Got Washington again, Seattle playing Los Angeles, and the Yankees have another game against the Tampa Bay Rays. Danny Jansen, Kevin, we've touched a bit on him. Uh, you know, the, look, the, the, the offense has come around. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, since August 28th, Danny Jansen's OPS is one the be- uh, among the best major league catchers. He's, he just looks different up there, and you made the point. He, I, I think he's, I think he, when we, when we interviewed him and he talked about, and we asked him about Mike Zanino and said, look, you can make money. You can go to the All-Star game in, 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 in baseball just by pulling home runs and catching, catching the ball and playing good defense. Yeah, maybe, that, maybe that's really what's happened here. Maybe he's really settled into that. Yeah, well, he got to go to the minor leagues and, and not think about game calling and, and you know, looking at the wristband. It was when you're calling when you're calling a game at the minor league level. It's here's the old number one. Here's your breaking ball. Throw it as many times as you want to throw it, and you can go to the cage now and work on some things. He, he has a better base at at the plate, meaning he's using his legs. He, his weight is on the inside part of his his knees and not on the outside. Which when they're on when the weights on shift to the outside part of your knees, that will throw you off balance and your barrel's trying to play catch up and you don't want to hit, you don't hit the ball where you want it to go. And, and that's another part of it. You know, me and you've talked about this, Jeff. I, I was one of those players that didn't really have my aha moment. My aha moment wasn't, that's not going to work for me. I, I need to be who I am. And Danny Jansen right now is not a guy that goes the other way. He's a pull hitter. The uh, Angels and Mariners are underway. They are scoreless in the bottom of the second. We talked about uh, Jordan Romano, obviously one of the big stories of this game. Let's play Jordan Romano's media availability because that's that clearly, along with Vladdy's status, is kind of the story of the night in terms of what the Jays may be looking at Saturday and Sunday. So this was uh, Jordan Romano after tonight's 6-4 win. Hey, Jordan. Um, when you know you're coming in for five outs as opposed to three, does anything change for you? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know what? Not really. Just kind of, you know, just go out there and do it. Uh, I'm not really sure. I haven't, uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I just go out there, you know, do my thing, try to throw strikes, get outs. Uh, so I don't think too much changes for me. And just, I mean, uh, I know you're out there and you're so focused, but knowing what 
what was on the line and, and how loud everything was and how tense that game got so quickly. I mean, how big was it to get the save for you and, and, and for the team? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a big game and you kind of think about that a little bit before you go in there. Um, just like kind of what's on the line and stuff. But once you're out there, you just try to think about it, just try to make pitches, you know, and just make the best pitches you can for as long as you can. And uh, yeah. Hey Jordan, I know you're used to obviously having to get ready at a moment's notice and change your mindset real quick, but that happened fast from a point at which you must've been thinking you were going to have a night off. What was, what was that process like? Yeah. You know, um, I mean, when kind of like the sixth inning comes around, uh, no matter what the score is, I, I still like to stay ready. You know what I mean? I feel like if, uh, you know, I'm thinking I'll have the night off, that's when things can go bad for myself. So I, I was still like ready to go. Like, like I'd be pitching the ninth inning, you know what I mean? In, in a close game even though the score wasn't close at the time. So, you know, I, I stayed mentally ready and, uh, you know, the situation came up and I was ready to go. And then you get that double play ball on your second pitch and um, you're looking at the replay. Semyon and Bo started walking off the field because they thought it was it was done. Do you have to, like, stop and reset to get back in that frame of mind after that call's overturned? Yeah, you're right. Actually, uh, I, I saw the I saw the call just a couple times. And, uh, you know, at first I thought we got him. So, uh, yeah. Um, then you just have to switch it back on when, when the replay showed we didn't get them. So just kind of try to flip it back on and, uh, yeah. And I'll sneak one quick one in 31, 32 pitches. Is there any question that you would say that you're good to go tomorrow? Yeah, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be ready to go. Hey, Jordan, I'm that big mentally for you. Um, if you compare that to what that would have felt like as a rookie a few years ago, how much more comfortable are you now and what's allowed you to get there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if this, you know, if I was in that say, situation a couple of years ago, that probably, you know, be the biggest spot I've ever been in. But I've been in, uh, you know, a lot of pretty big spots uh, this year, you know, a lot of high leverage situations. So you just kind of get uh, more comfortable as they come. But, you know, it's, it's still a big spot, but I feel like, you know, my mind and body, they're, they're prepared for those things. That was Jordan Romano speaking after the game tonight, his 23rd save. Kevin Barker, Alec Manoa goes tomorrow. Hyun Jin Ryu is scheduled to go on Sunday. You just heard Jordan Romano say that he's good to go tomorrow if needed, which is damn sporting of him. I still would imagine that Charlie might have some other, might have some other ideas. Um, but look, it really is going to be incumbent on the big part of this lineup to do something in these next two days, isn't it? You know, I, yeah. thought, I thought Dan Shulman made a terrific point. The Jays were leading, what, 2 nothing. They'd only left four men on through five innings, but Dan said it almost feels like it should be more, and it, and it really did. We saw a couple of swings, George Springer, Vladdy, you know, just getting underneath uh, pitches from from Thomas, Thomas Eshelman. Like, this is going to happen. Baseball... Guys are going to go in streaks. Guys are going to be really good. Guys are going to be really bad. Sometimes they're just going to be guys that go one for four. But uh, it's going to be hard to milk that type of offense out of the bottom of the order these next Yeah, two. well, it's, it's coming from elite offensive players, too. With the approaches, you, you're thinking keeping your front side in. You're thinking driving down and through the ball. You're thinking right center if you're a right-handed hitter. Guys who have been there and done it before. We all know the year that Vladdy's had. George Springer has been there and done it more times than, than most human beings have. And it just looks like their approaches at the plate don't equal who they are as offensive players. And 
for whatever reason that is, I don't really know. Do you know? Because when you watch him and, you know, is something wrong with Vladdy, George Springer, is he trying too hard? Is he is he trying to hit a three-run homer leading off a game, which, you know, I used to try and do that. Is, is George Springer supposed to be trying to do that, especially against the Orioles this time of the year? Everybody knows what the stakes are. I, I just think you need to stay within yourself. Try and use the big part of the field. Don't try and overdo it. Don't try and overswing. Look, I, I can sit here and say this over and over and over again. It's another thing to go out there and actually do it. But, again, it's this is sort of who they are as an offensive team. They, they need certain guys to step up and carry the load for long periods of time. And the next two games against the Orioles is no different for me. Six to four is the final score for the Toronto Blue Jays. The Jays have 89 wins. They are 89 and 71. They are a game out. Of the wild card, the Yankees lost. They're a game up. Boston's in second. Seattle's playing right now. They are scoreless. They are half a game back. And uh, the Mariners, we've talked about it. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10, Kevin Barker. They've won four in a row. Run differential of minus 48. What was it Tim Kirchin told us today? If they make the playoffs, they'll be the second team to make the playoffs with a negative run differential. And just to tell you, well, just, just to sum it up, the Blue Jays' run differential is plus 166. So they're over 200 runs better than the Seattle Mariners. It don't matter, though, because the Mariners right now, at least, are half a game up on the Blue Jays. 416-870-0590. Star 590 on your cell. one 590 It is Jay's Talk with Blair and Barker. Back to the phone lines. You're listening to Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Feel that? That's what hope feels like. And this is what hope sounds like. This is Toronto Blue Jays baseball on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, we've got a few minutes left before we sign off for the night. The Toronto Blue Jays 6-4. Winners over the Baltimore Orioles. Second game of the series goes tomorrow at 3.07. The Boston Red Sox and Nationals will be playing at 4.05 tomorrow. So very simply put, a Red Sox win tomorrow, and the Blue Jays are eliminated from the wild card race. Uh, Again, we're awaiting the results tonight of the uh, Angels and and Mariners. 416-870-0590. Star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Kevin, we'll talk about this a little more in the pregame show before the second game, but Alec Manoa, as we mentioned, gets the start tomorrow. Um, and for everybody here, this could be the, 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 the final start of the, of the season. The Jays don't go on to the playoffs. What are you looking for from Alec Manoa? Finish. Tomorrow? Finish, it's always that with him. When he has good finish and, and he has a long glove hand and not that little short, choppy, glove hand that he pulls to to the first base side he will be really good the slider will come out it'll he'll be able to start it where he wants to start it meaning it'll finish where it where it's supposed to go uh he's got a couple of different ones of those he can change speeds with and and the the sinker and the four seamer and you know occasionally he'll throw the change up but for me it's it will always be and that's why i said he really needs to think about for me adding a windup i know he's been almost great but 
could he be even that much better if he just has a little bit more momentum and a little bit better finish towards the target by adding a windup? But that's down the road. I expect him to be competitive. I expect him to be really good at reading bats, which is he's grown into that. He understands if a guy's late on your fastball, why are you speeding it up with a slider? Don't do that. Continue to throw in fastballs until he shows you can hit it. So I expect him to go at least six innings. Blue Jays win by a lot. and Then we wait. That's it. Then we wait. Hal in Leamington in the text line has an interesting question. Somebody else asked me this today on social media as well. And this may be a result of a little bit of recency bias. But, but Kevin, Santiago Espinal has been really good. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people are wondering about whether or not we think, Hal in Leamington being one of them, that there is a chance that the Jays may look at Santiago Espinal as their everyday third baseman. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice player, but he he... he he can't be your everyday third baseman on a on a contending team. I've got a I've got a somebody who can give me a lot more power at that position. He can be my backup middle infielder though. He's yep. he's really good defensively. He has a really strong arm. Most of the time it's accurate. Not tonight. He had a couple of stinker throws, but normally it's at the chest. Uh, you know he's got that internal clock too. You can see he catches the ground ball. He peeks at the runner. That'll tell him you know how how much quicker, how much better his footwork has to be towards his target. But offensively, if he plays every single day, how would it look? You start spinning him, you start throwing change-ups and fastball counts. Now he's got that little nice short compact swing. He lands with a closed front side, which keeps his front shoulder in, allows him to drive down and through the baseball. It's level swing. He can hit velocity. But if he plays every single day and, and a pitcher starts game planning against him, how would that look? Me? This is just me. I'm being a little stingy. I would like the third baseman to be left-handed. Well, at least be a switch hitter. Now, it's the obvious choice, that that guy in Cleveland. But if it's not, I think you've really got to find out. you got to have better balance in your yeah. lineup, and that probably will start with the guy playing third base. I mean, I, I will tell you this. If you do have another left-handed bat in your lineup every day, let's just, for giggles, say Jose Ramirez, switch hitter. Yeah. Then I'm more than happy with having Santiago Espinal's right-handed bat as my backup infielder. If I can keep Corey Dickerson in this team as a left-handed bat off the bench, I'm okay with that as well. Now you got a little bit of balance. The main thing I want Santiago Espinal to do is be able to play a couple of positions for me and play good defense. And and, and as long as I don't have to count on him for anything yeah. offensively, I, I think. Listen, I think that could be a really useful bench. Put it this way: based on what I've seen so far. I'd rather have him as a guy on the bench than Kevin Biggio. Yeah, maybe. You know, what would it look like if Kevin Biggio leveled out his upper half, leveled out his swing a little bit better? What would that look like? Could he hit velocity? Could he, could he catch up to that if he could? He would have maybe a, a spot on your team. The Corey Dickerson thing might make it a little easier for you if you have to trade Loris Gurriel Jr. You could do that. Now, Corey Dickerson's not very – athletic he doesn't have a very strong arm but he does have a good eye he has a level swing that gives him a chance at the plate to to cover multiple kinds of pitches he's a low ball hitter he's got that little natural sort of extension that most left-handed hitters have but he does have a good eye so i'm with you you know you don't want to over you don't want to abuse it because i'm not real sure he's an everyday player mm-hmm. but oh no he's not but i'm saying no. as a bench guy absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely I'm okay i okay with that too i wouldn't have any problem with him in the bench interesting by the way that well, Adam Simber didn't have a great game tonight, but on a night where uh, Corey Dickerson hits a home run, you look back at that trade now, Dickerson and Simber, Joe Panic was just DFA'd by the Marlins earlier today, so he, he, he went to the Marlins as part of that deal. That's 
Pretty Joe good Pan- package. Joe Panic's on the back nine. We all knew that. He he was a clubhouse guy. He's could give you an, a, a pretty decent at bat late in the game. He's been there and done it. Can't teach experience. He's a winner, kind of like that. But when guys are at the end of their career, you got better options. You go with better options. Uh, should we hear from Danny Jansen with Hazel May? Can we do that just before the uh, top of the hour? Why don't we do that? This was Danny Jansen having another terrific game offensively in conversation with Hazel May after the Jays 6-4 win. Danny Jansen, congratulations. A big night for you at the plate, including that home run. Guillermo Martinez, the hitting coach, told me you're having success because you're better understanding yourself as a hitter. What's allowed you to be so good at the plate? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, working with G in the cage, we're doing the right stuff. We're trying to, you know, try to keep my, my shoulder from flying open. So we're doing some certain drills. But it's, uh, like I've been saying, it's uh, quality over quantity. So it's been good. You've been doing the right stuff behind the plate. What an outstanding performance from Steven Matz. Two earned runs over seven strong innings. What was going right for him tonight? Yeah, Steven, you know, he's a competitor. He's a bulldog. And, um his sinker was working. Uh, his changeup was great tonight, and his curveball. So we're using all three of those pitches and uh, letting Steven Matz work on the mound. It was awesome. You know, it was awesome, the work from the bottom of the order. If you want to include Corey Dickerson with that home run, can we put the spotlight on Kevin Biggio doing it all tonight? What has he meant to this team? I know it's been a tough year for him, but how nice was it to see Kevin back? Uh, it's great to see Kevin back. You know, he's a versatile guy, play anywhere in the outfield or the infield, and made some great plays at first base, and then getting three hits tonight and smoked that last ball. So it's great to have him back. All right, before I let you go, it's Fan Appreciation Weekend. How good is it to play in front of 30,000 strong here at Rogers Center? It's undescribable. Let's go, Toronto! Danny Jansen and the Blue Jays take game one of a pivotal weekend series. So Danny Jansen having having a, a little bit of fun there, having a lot of fun at the plate as well. You're listening to Jays Talk, brought to you by your Ontario Honda dealers. Um, Kevin... Charlie made the point about putting Kevin Biggio in this game, playing defense, playing him at first base. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. couldn't play at first base today. Vladdy, we now know, is off his feet because there may be a back issue with him of some description. Uh, and, and Charlie made the point that, you know, I actually feel good about having Kevin there because he's one of our guys. And yeah, I, I understand. It's all about winning at this time of year, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. But it, to me, it kind of shows how far this team has gone because at one point, a lot of folks looked at Kevin Biggio as being integral to the core of this team, as being a very important part of the core of this team. I think he is a big part of the clubhouse dynamic. I, I, I don't think anybody, anybody who spent any time around that team can doubt it. But it just, it, it just tells you kind of how different this team is, has become in a year that we're looking now at Kevin Biggio as somebody who, you know, let's face it, is probably, I mean, a, a, a bit player. Yeah, yeah, I guess you know you got to be careful with the one game success, and and you're all in on Kevin Biggio again. It, he still has a giant hole at the big league level, and if you have a, a halfway decent pitching staff that can attack up with some velocity, you're going to get Kevin Biggio out most of the time. Can he do anything? Can he do anything to ch- to to change that, Kevin? Because sure, this, sure, sure this is this is it's not his first year. Sure he can. Well, you you know, that that rotational thing with dropping the back elbow, trying to create loft in your swing, not hit the ball on the ground, 
pitchers have caught on to that, and that's why they're elevating velocity a lot. You, there's all kinds of drills that could keep you from doing that. It's just, That's a big move. That's a, a big change. That's something he would have to work on in the offseason. And quite frankly, let's be honest, he'll have to. If he wants to stay in the big leagues, have a chance to be a big leaguer for a long period of time, he has to make a change mechanically, offensively. End of story. What do you think? Uh, this is unfair because we can't get in his head, but we spent time around him. What do you think the odds are of that? Or is this is this is this Kevin Biggio? I don't think so. I think with his buddies, who he, who they are, Bo's pretty in tune to what it takes to be a, a big leaguer every single day and adjust to how pitchers are trying to get him out. They, they know exactly what the issue is. And, oh, by the way, his dad's pretty good, used to be a pretty good player, too, who was good at making adjustments and I'm sure sees the same exact thing I see and, and has had the same conversations with Kevin that everybody else has had, that, you know, to try and hit velocity elevated, you have to do one of two things. Lay off of it and take your chances that they can't do that three times in a row, or you got to figure out how a way to, to bang it a couple of times to get them out of doing it again over and over and over. And it, that's, for me, one of those moves that you have to work on in the offseason. That's not a, a change you can make in season because it is a giant move. It's something he's used to doing. He's created that to combat the shift. And whenever you do those kind of things, you tend to have some holes in your swing that, that you know, velocity will catch up to. And, again, I said it, you have pitchers that can attack that. They're going to get you out most of the time. All right, so let's get you caught up before we hit the top of the hour. The Blue Jays beat the Orioles 6-4 to tonight. They play again tomorrow. They play Sunday as well. The New York Yankees lost to the Tampa Bay Rays. They're a game up in the wild card. Boston Red Sox beat Washington. They still hold down the second wild card spot. Seattle is ahead of the Angels, one nothing in the third inning. Right now, they're half a game back of the Red Sox. And the Blue Jays are one game back of the wild card. So that's where we stand as of 10.58 Eastern time today. The Jays 89-71. Red Sox 90 and 70, Yankees 91 and 69 again. There's a chance that there could be one or two teams. There could be two teams with 90 wins this year that don't that don't get the wild card spot. Yeah, but if, if you're if, crazy, if you're a blue yeah crazy. if you're a blue if you're a Blue Jays fan, be 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 proud of your team. You're going to have a really good team for years to come. Yeah, as we said, this is meaningful baseball in October, and that is a. Not something that's the Blue a step Jays forward. team has a lot. Yeah, that's no. a, that's a step forward from from meaningful baseball in September. So again, final score, 6-4 for the Blue Jays. We'll be on the air tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern. 3.07 will be the first pitch. Sunday, we will be on at 1 o'clock Eastern. 3.07 is the first pitch. Jays talk with Blair and Barker immediately following both games for all of us here. Thanks for joining us. The Blue Jays beat the Baltimore Orioles 6-4. Good night from Toronto. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.